0: Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway, a United Methodist community in Portland, Maine. If you live locally, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Visit our website at www.hopegateway.com to learn more. But whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Today we are concluding a worship series that we started three weeks ago called Grateful. We've been exploring the transformative power of giving thanks. And thinking about how gratitude or gratefulness is not just a practice that we need when all the stars are lined and our, our, our lives are perfect and everything is right with the world, but especially a practice that we need when our lives feel pretty confusing or messed up, or when we're facing challenges or obstacles, or when we look around in the world and see a world that is broken and hurting and full of un- injustice. That's when we need, especially, to dig and find those things for which we're grateful. And, and if we can't find them, to dig a little harder and to practice gratefulness. Today is our stewardship commitment celebration. So last Sunday, we passed out these packets that have a number of things in them to sort of help you in your discernment about. Uh, your stewardship um, for the year ahead. We look forward to the year 2019, and we know that the gifts that we need to be faithful to God's calling for us are in this room. The gifts that we need, we have. Um, We also have packets in the back. If you didn't get one or or forgot yours, we also have a stack of extra uh, stewardship commitment cards. And in a bit, we're going to invite you to come forward and put yours in the basket if you're prepared to do that today, as you can see uh, folks from the 9 o'clock gathering have already done that, so we'll be adding ours to theirs. And then we'll offer them to God with thanksgiving for all the gifts that God has given to us and with hope for a year of ministry and mission that is yet to come. Today, we have the blessing of three people from the Hope Gateway community who are going to share from their hearts a little bit their own personal testimonies. Um, last week, Haley Hukini Kinney did that, and the week before, Rick Smart did that. And we're grateful for the, the witness that they have offered. And today we're going to hear from Katie Mears, and from Emil Uimana, and from Don Rudalevich. Uh, and they're going to share a little bit from their hearts. So let's start with Katie. There you are.
1: I think, does it work? Yes. Good. Hi. I'm Katie Mears. Um, I'm becoming known as parent of Christopher, <laughs> spouse of Elizabeth. Um, And we've been part of Hope Gateway for now probably two or three years, three probably. And it feels like every year I learn more about why I love the inclusive nature of this place. Um, We moved up here a couple of years ago, right before Christopher was born, and I work from home, which means it's really easy for my community to consist of myself (laughs) and Christopher and Elizabeth and the folks that we see when we're walking around our little neighborhood in the West End. And that doesn't reflect Portland, and it doesn't reflect the reality of the world we live in. And one thing that I've grown to love about Hope Gateway is the ways that, um, and people talk about this all the time, and it's, I feel like it can become sort of rote to me that what's lovely about Hope Gateway is the inclusivity, but what's lovely about Hope Gateway is the inclusivity. <laughs> and the welcome that is offered. And that, again, I feel like every week, every month, I learn that in different ways. Um, we have a loud, squirrely small person who is not only sort of tolerated, but is honestly welcomed, which is amazing and is why we're here. There are lots of churches where we would be accepted and there would be a room we could send him off into the back um, because so that we can all have an adult quiet space. Um, and that I so appreciate that that's not what's happening here. And even more so, my heart and my relationship with God has been transformed by getting to know everybody in this room and everybody. We normally go to nine because of nap schedule, um, so the folks who are in that room. And that every week I hear about folks' prayer concerns and folks' blessings, and that means that I look at what's happening in Burundi and Rwanda, for example, differently because I've heard folks' prayers about what's happening where they're from. I think differently about folks I see when I'm traveling around the city clearly struggling with addiction because I've heard the prayers of people in this room about addiction and their friends and their loved ones that are struggling. Um, I think differently about retirement and aging, listening to some of your concerns. I think differently about parenting teens and have more worry. Um, but that's so much about how I see the world and how I see this space is because of this community that has formed and the ways that we even just know a little bit about each other from sharing the bread and sharing our prayers every week. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. So that could be the end. That's why we give, because I like it. (laughs) Um, It's broadened my heart and changed my relationship with God. Absolutely true. But what I've been thinking about recently has been my relationship to rules and giving. Um, the last couple of weeks, we've heard lovely talks about folks who tithe uh, because the Bible says so. Um, they give 10% uh, because that's what we're supposed to do. And I struggle with that because there's lots of things that the text says we're supposed to do that we don't do. <laughs> I'm not covering my hair, I'm married to Elizabeth. <laughs> um, there, are, there are pieces of those just because it says the Bible says, you know, that's tricky. So what does it mean? Why do we give? And for me, I've been thinking more about my parents as I now am a parent. And my parents are really good at symbolic giving. So they donate to their church, they give to a lot of charities. But also every time my mom goes to the grocery store, she buys an extra can of food and puts it in the the box for the pantry. They have a, every time she finds a dime on the street, it goes in a special jar of found money to go to a charity because the money she finds is not hers. And I've always rolled my eyes at my mom for (laughs) all kinds of reasons. and Because it wasn't logical. I would say to her, if you would give to the pantry directly instead of buying your can of beans, then Hannaford's wouldn't make the profit. Like it would be more cost effective and there would be more beans at the food pantry, if you would give more efficiently. And he's, he hears about beans, so now he's to tear. Um, and so what I've been thinking about is that the rules like tithing, it's not about what's the most effective percentage in some side of grand social justice scheme. Like maybe it is, maybe 10% is the magic social justice amount that, insta- that the church needs, could be true. But for me, it's much more about the symbolism that giving from the beginning of what I have and giving that piece of what I have to show the the appreciation and the posture. It's not about sort of what's the most effective gift amount. So that's what I've been thinking about this year is how to give both symbolically and efficiently. Um, and the way that I do that and the way that we do that is to give to Hope Gateway at the beginning of every month and as we begin to think about our finances. Because we always need more shoes, we always need more coats, we always need, just like you always, expanding list, hi baby, um, expanding list of things that we would want. So we have to start with giving the peace to the, the place that has expanded our hearts and shows us God every week. And then we can sort of fill in the space with all the rest of the needs we have so I so love this place I wish we could come to this service all the time alternate and get to know you all as well Um, but I'm so grateful for getting to be a part of this community and you I hope you'll join me in giving both symbolically and efficiently in 2019
0: better and hear different perspectives, and it's so enriching. Just a few words from scripture. I'm going to read from the book of Exodus, which is a book that is all about rules. <laughs> this past summer, we shared a worship series called Moses, Reluctant Prophet, exploring um, that story of Moses from the time that he was placed at the river's edge you know, to escape the violence and, and death. Um, all the way through to the Exodus and on to the promised land. And I'm going to read from the very end of Exodus where Moses has gathered together all the people and he's giving them his fundraising pitch. That's basically what this is. They want to initiate a project and the project is building a tabernacle, a place where God dwells, where they can encounter God. This is sort of the pinnacle of their experience. They are ready to... Um, to claim all that they've experienced together and to memorialize it, Um, but not for the past, for the future, for their relationship with God. So I want to share this reading where Moses is speaking to the people about this, and I want you to think about how what we are doing at Hope Gateway is building a tabernacle. It's not a tabernacle with four walls and a roof and a door. It's not a physical structure, but we are building a spiritual tabernacle a community wherein God dwells, a place where we come and sit with one another and experience the holy together. So here's what Moses says. Moses gathered together the whole Israelite community and said to them, these are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Collect gift offerings for the Lord from all of you. Whoever freely wants to give should bring the Lord's gift offerings. Gold, silver, and copper. Blue, purple, and deep red yarns. Fine linen, goat's hair, ram skin dyed red. Beaded leather, acacia wood. The oil for the light. Spices for the anointing oil. And for the sweet smelling incense. Gemstones and gems. I hope that none of you brought those things. (laughs) We weren't anticipating any goat's hair in this basket. But see, he's in, Moses is inviting people to give what they have for the building of this project that is upcoming. Skipping ahead quite a bit, the whole Israelite community left Moses, and everyone who was excited and eager to participate brought the Lord's gift offerings to be used for building the meeting tent and all its furnishings and for holy clothes. Both men and women came forward, everyone who was eager to participate brought pins, earrings, rings, and necklaces, all sorts of gold objects. Everyone raised an uplifted offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who had blue or purple or deep red yarn or fine linen or goat's hair or ram skins dyed red or beaded leather brought them too, and all the other things. They brought them forward and they brought them forward and they offered them to God. Skipping again. Moses then called together Bezalel Oholiab and every skilled person whom the Lord had given skill who was eager to come and do the work. So he's calling together the contractors, right? Moses gave them all the gift offerings that the Israelites had contributed to the work on the sanctuary. They kept bringing him more and more spontaneous gifts, morning after morning. Finally, all the skilled workers building the sanctuary left their work that they were doing one by one to come and say to Moses, now listen, to come and say to Moses, the people are contributing way too much material for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses issued a command that was proclaimed throughout the camp. Every man and woman should stop making gift offerings for the sanctuary project. So the people stopped bringing anything more because what they had already brought was more than enough to do all the work. Can you imagine that moment? when the, I can't. No. Can you imagine the moment, though, when the invitation has been extended and people respond so generously that Moses has to say,
2: Stop!
0: We don't need any more. We have enough. And what I take from that is, that we really do have enough. What we need for the work to which God calls us is already among us. The gift is in the giving. The gift is in the offering of what God has given to us for God's work in the world. (laughs) <laughs>
2: I'm
3: not going to try. <laughs> Indeed, after Katie and Emil and a couple mini-sermons from Alan, I uh, <laughs> don't know that there's much else to say, but on the theory that nothing succeeds like excess, I will um, go on. The, And it's from a different background. Um, Sue and I have tithed from the very beginning of our marriage, that's 53 years. And uh, even when I was getting the conference minimum salary of 4,500 a year, um, not an easy time. But but there was always a sense, yes, um, it was the rule, as Katie said, but there was a sense of indebtedness uh, that I owe. Much more to God than I can ever repay, and, and so you're not doing it to repay God, but but you want to. Sh- I want to show some sense of gratitude and thanksgiving for all I've been given, and given far more than I deserve, and but also to the to the denomination at that point, which was very much socially justice activated. Um, I wish it were so today. Um, we were. We were committed to that, and it felt good, and over the years, even when churches didn't go the way their pastor thought they ought to go, uh, even when uh, I was told to shut up about social justice, we continued to tithe, because it wasn't just about that local church, it was about us, and about what we wanted to be, and the, the symbol that we wanted to express of our giving, of our commitment, that may sound a little heavy. And it changed. It never felt heavy, but it sounds that way. It, but that changed with Hope Gateway. Because with Hope Gateway that giving becomes a joy. It becomes an opportunity to share in ministries that are essential to us and we believe to God's word to share in ministries that God is calling on the world to it and to embrace lest we destroy this planet on which we live, to to stand out against the, the gross nationalism that that so much infects the the neo fascist movements of this country and other countries. That here is a place where we seek to do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. And so it's a it's a place really to enthuse about giving uh, in, in, in great measure because of our pastors, Alan and Sarah, who you know are doing a fantastic job, but also because of this community, you folks who are so engaged in so many things that none of us can be in, involved in all of them. It, it's a magnificent opportunity and so now that we are in a very privileged position where we're able to give even more, we go well beyond the tithe, because not out of any obligation, but out of a sense of joy for God's relationship both with us and the community that we are privileged to be part of. And so I thank you for that opportunity to give and to keep giving. Thank you. Amen. Thank you.
2: Amen.